0: This morning is the third in a series of sermons we'll be sharing over the next several months on various aspects of the interior life. Too many of us have bought into our culture's hustle and bustle, which keeps us so busy we rarely have time to think or to pray. In the meantime, life is sailing by and the inner person is neglected. What I'm attempting to do is to awaken in each of us a desire to maintain our inner lives as vigorously as we take care of our public lives. To take care of our souls and our spirits as much as we take care of our bodies. Now we've shared that the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, that we are a triune being. That is that we're body, soul, and spirit. Our body is our flesh, the physical and chemical makeup of who we are depends on one's sight, one's hearing, taste, smell, voice, or touch. And then we're soul, that is we're mind, will, emotions, conscience. It's our person, is our soul. And then we're spirit. And the spirit is the place where the Holy Spirit indwells, the place where we commune with the Lord that He, in, that he makes alive and that we're able to have fellowship with Him, the place where we hear the voice of God last week we began to open up the soul by examining the mind. This week I want to continue to examine our inner person by looking at the will. What is the will? The will is our God-given ability to choose. I call it the chooser. It's the part of us where we make our choices. You and I make all kinds of choices. This morning you chose whether or not you were going to come to church. You chose what you were going to wear. You chose whether or not you were going to eat breakfast. And if so, what you were going to eat for breakfast. This is the role of the will. God gives us the ability to choose. Where you and I run into problems is oftentimes we do not control our wills. We go with the flow. We follow the crowd. We do just what we do because we do. And many of us, our will has lost its power in our lives. There's no control. We yield to the flesh, that is the body and its desires, and we're rendered powerless when it comes to our choices. So we say what we shouldn't say. We eat what can kill us. We drink in excess. We buy what we don't need. We charge what we shouldn't. We schedule our days with no rest, no break, and oftentimes wrong priorities. Our choices are stealing our lives away from us and we don't even realize that we have a choice. We must use the will to choose properly. Vince Lombardi, the great football coach, said this, the difference between a successful person and others is not a lack of strength, not a lack of knowledge, but rather a lack of will. Francois de La Rucha foucauld Foucault who was a French bishop, wrote this, Nothing is impossible. There are ways that lead to everything. And if we had sufficient will, we should always have sufficient means. It is often merely for an excuse that we say things are impossible. Then Louis Pasteur, he said, Will opens the door to success, both brilliant and happy. So what is the will? The will is our God-given ability to choose, the chooser. It's the part of us which makes decisions, which makes our choices. It's interesting that in our marriage ceremony, the minister asked the bride and the groom the following question. Will you have this woman to be your wife, to live together in the covenant of marriage? Will you love her? Comfort her, honor and keep her in sickness and in health and forsaking all others. Be faithful to her as long as you both shall live. And the response is, I will, not I do. I will signifies a choice. Now the question must be asked, are we talking about willpower? On one level yes, and on another level no. No. Let me share, first of all, several quotes about willpower. Steve Palvinas writes, "'Willpower is your ability to set a course of action and say, engage.'" Flower Newhouse wrote, "'Lack of willpower has caused more failure than lack of intelligence or ability.'" Students here ought to hear that one. Lack of willpower has caused more failure than lack of intelligence or ability. And then Charles Henderson writes, Willpower is a mythical conception. It's a quality of mind or personality that just does not exist. It's a phantasm. It means a ghost. It's a cruel hoax because it makes those of us who don't seem to have it feel inadequate. Now when I'm using the term willpower... I'm not meaning getting yourself so hyped up that you can do something or not do something. I mean, isn't that what we do every New Year's? You get hyped up and make resolutions, but then you can't keep them. When I am using the term willpower, I'm using it in a way that brings power to the will. Our wills are not supposed to be weak and flimsy. Ever heard of the term iron will? When I use willpower, I'm referring to one taking charge of their choices. One taking charge of their choices. Why do you do what you do? Bottom line, you're choosing to do what you're doing or not doing. You say, well, I have no choice. I'm in this job because I have no choice. I have to make this money to pay my bills. Then choose to pay off your bills and choose to change your lifestyle. You have a choice. Recently I received this note from one of our radio listeners to a word from the Lord. Dr. Beach, I'm suffering with cryptogenic end-stage cirrhosis and awaiting a liver transplant. Unfortunately, my health makes it virtually impossible to sit in church during my local church's worship time. Therefore, your broadcast, along with several others on WDUN, are my worship experiences, my church away from church. Again, as usual, I was inspired by your message this week. I was especially moved by the piece, Dance Like No One Is Watching. I had learned that lesson many years ago in seminary. Instead of merely viewing seminary as a time of preparation, I needed to serve Him where I was. It reminds me of the Great Commission. Too often we assume the traditional translation of the first word as an imperative is go. However, as you know, the Greek word is a participle. Jesus was saying, as you go. In other words, as we go about our everyday lives, we're commanded to make disciples. To go is not the command. Too often we wait until we go on that special mission. When God calls me to be a missionary, I'll make disciples. We're supposed to be making disciples in the midst of everything we do, in all of our going. Thank you for your faithful service to God. You're a great blessing to people like me who are physically infirmed. And this is what I wanted you to hear. My suffering is my life, and the is is capitalized. My suffering is my life. My suffering is my opportunity to experience God. My suffering is my vehicle for making disciples. My life will not begin after a transplant or God's healing. My life and my ministry are now. Happiness comes from within, not from without. My happiness is based on my relationship with the indwelling Christ, not on my physical problems. My health may go, but my joy and service will not. Isn't that good? This man could be living a pity party. He could be complaining and griping to God, Why did you give me cirrhosis of the litter? Why why am I suffering like this? But no, he's chosen to make the best out of life in the midst of his circumstances. He's chosen to make disciples and follow Jesus where he's at, in and through his circumstances. He has willpower. He's taken charge of his choices and is using his choices for the Lord. Now I want to give you an exercise to help you get your will out of neutral and into gear. It's actually quite simple, easy to remember, it's easy to put in practice. Do this more and more and your will will develop and you can take back the choices in your life. I want to encourage you to start small with something simple, easy, something that not important and then gradually get bigger. Application of willpower. Choose your task, create a plan, and follow the plan. Quite simple. Choose your task, create a plan, and then follow the plan. Now when I say start simple and small, I mean something like this. How about the next time you go to a restaurant, you know, the restaurants you usually go to, choose to eat with more variety. Make that your task. Choose to eat with more variety. Say, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna eat something different. And then plan what you're gonna do when you get there. You're gonna order something different from the menu. Now that's where it gets a problem for me. Because, you know, we go to different restaurants: Italian, Mexican, country, you know, country cooking, Japanese, Chinese. And when you go to those restaurants, there's certain things that I just order at those restaurants. I always order the same thing. Then when at the restaurant, follow through on your plan. You have to follow through on it. Order something different from the menu. Now that's just a little thing. But what it does, it begins to get the, the, the will out of neutral and into gear. Maybe when you see at your house and you see the dishes in the sink, put something in your mind that says, when I see the dishes... I'm going to stop what I'm going to do, and I'm just going to wash them right then. Just something simple to get your gear in motivation, to get it going. This little exercise gives you power, especially as you practice it more and more. You begin to practice choosing again. See, what happens with most of us is we're just sailing along, and things are happening, and we're doing and doing and doing, and you're not choosing. You're not using your will. Now, I've shared all this as a foundation for the most important part of this sermon. I want you to understand this dynamic which happens in each of us so that then you can apply it to living the Spirit-filled life of following Jesus. What I want you to see is that each of your lives is supposed to be Holy Spirit-powered in the inner person. If we do not take charge over our will, how can we then yield our will to the will of God? We can't. We're helpless. We're feeble. Spirit power in the inner person. The Book of Common Prayer tells us sin is the seeking of our own will instead of the will of God, thus, distorting our relationship with God, with other people, and with all creation. This calls for repentance. We have to change. If we continue to do our will instead of the will of God, our lives get messed up. Everything gets messed up. Repentance is a choice. St. Catherine of Genoa wrote, Our self-will is so subtle and so deeply rooted in us, so covered with excuses and defended by false reasoning that it seems a devil. When we cannot do our own will in any way, we do it in another under all kinds of pretexts. This calls for crucifixion. This calls for crucifixion. We choose to apply Galatians 2:20, which says, "I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me." It calls for crucifixion. Whatever that thing is, we nail it to the cross. It becomes dead. Crucifixion is a choice. Oswald Chambers has written, The Holy Spirit has life in Himself. And when He comes in, He energizes our spirit and enables us to will and to do of His good pleasure. This calls for surrender. It's the Spirit who enables us to do God's will, not our willpower. We have to surrender it. As we surrender to Him, He empowers us to do what's right and what is good and what's appropriate. Surrender is a choice. Now there's this battle that's going on between the flesh and the spirit. It's constant. And we need to choose repentance. We need to choose surrender. And we need to choose crucifixion again and again and again. Paul describes it in Galatians five sixteen this way. And I'm using the New American Standard Version because the King James says it this way too. It just makes it easier to understand. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. I understand that this way we're body, soul, and spirit. Here's my spirit. This is the place where the Holy Spirit indwells, this is the place where I'm able to commune with the Lord, this is the place where God speaks. Over here is my body, my flesh, everything that flows out of my senses right here. And here's the soul, which consists of my mind, my will, my emotions, my conscience, my person. Now, I've been programmed since a baby to make my decisions, to think, to react to what the flesh wants, to what I hear, to what I see, what I smell, what I taste, on and on. When I became a Christian... And the Holy Spirit began to indwell me. The Spirit then begins to want to lead me and guide me and direct me. But I'm used to following the flesh. And so there's this struggle going on. Do I choose to follow the Spirit or to follow the flesh? And it actually says they're at war with each other, trying to get you to do what you should or should not do. Listen to this verse again with that in mind. But I say, walk by the Spirit And you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another. This is why it's so important to develop the power of your will. If you have no willpower, how can you choose to do the things of God? You can't, you won't. You've lost before you've tried. You will not choose to repent. You will not choose to crucify the flesh. You will not choose to surrender. You can't. The psalmist writes in Psalm 40, verse 8, I desire to do your will, O my God. Your law is within me. Is this your true desire? To do the will of God? Jesus said, not my will, but thy will. Do you have the willpower to say that and be able to back it up? Not my will, but thy will. Turn with me, please, to Joshua 24. Joshua 24. I don't have the page number, but it's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. Joshua 24. Joshua has been the leader of the children of Israel, and He's saying goodbye. His days are numbered. Verse 1 it says, Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, leaders, judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. And then the next 12 verses, verses 12 through 13 Joshua shares basically what is the history of God's working in Israel from the time of Abraham. Actually, he mentions Abraham's parents and how God intervened and led them time and time and time again. Verse 14, then Joshua says, Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your forefathers beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whom land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Well the people then respond by saying, yes, they want to serve the Lord. They don't want to be left out. They want to serve God, of course. But Joshua pushes them because they must be willing to serve Him, not just wanting to serve Him. Verse 19, Joshua said to the people, You are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. he's a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, He will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after He has been good to you. But the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses. Have you chosen to serve the Lord? It's an act of the will. Have you chosen to follow Him? the will, our God-given ability to choose. We must choose repentance, we must choose crucifixion, and we must choose surrender. Amen. Thank you for listening to a word from the Lord. I would like to take a few moments and, and give you the opportunity to become a believing Christian. I know today we have a lot of folks that go to church and are real religious, but if you were to ask them if they really know Jesus Christ, they wouldn't know what you were talking about. And I don't know if you're one of those people this morning, but if you've never become a believing Christian, I'd like to give you a just a simple ABC, not a gimmick, but but just the way it is. And, and a is for acknowledging that you're a sinner. We live in a culture which says, you know, basically we don't make mistakes, but we do. And when we measure up against God's Ten Commandments, um, all of us have fallen short in some way. We've all messed up, and, and that's called sin, and we need to acknowledge that. The B is, is to believe, to believe in Jesus and what He's done on the cross is God's remedy for our sin. Is God's solution for being alienated from Him believe that through jesus i can be made whole and i can be healed that i can be forgiven and the c is for confess confess jesus as your lord and your savior a lot of folks receive him as their savior they want their what i call fire insurance make sure they don't go to hell but they aren't willing to allow him to be their lord to be the one who uh, is the master of their life And and to confess that, uh, to be willing to share that with those you love and those you care about, that Jesus is your Lord. So it's really that simple, Um, and yet it's that powerful that it makes such an eternal difference. Um, Acknowledge that you're a sinner, believe that Jesus is the solution, and confess that Jesus is your Lord. I invite you to stop what you're doing right now and, and, and say a simple prayer. Uh, confess your sin to him, tell him you believe in him, and then to begin to confess him as your Savior, Lord. Yeah, if you've done that, I encourage you to uh, let me know. I'd like to send you some materials so, to help you grow in your Christian faith. It's, it's like becoming a, a baby all over again, and there's some things you need to know, some, some things you need to learn in order to walk with God.
1: That was Dr. Beach with today's message. For more information on this message and this ministry, please visit awordfromthelord.org. There you will find today's message and previously aired messages, where you can listen to them again and share them with friends and family. awordfromthelord.org has audio archives of Foley Beach's one-minute radio feature and much more. So visit awordfromthelord.org for audio, articles, and information about the ministry. You can find a word from the Lord on Facebook, and be sure to click the like button to follow our feed on Facebook. You'll want to be sure to visit Foley's blog at bishopfoleybeach.blogspot.com. On the blog, you can read the many articles posted by Dr. Beach. Many of these blog entries are excerpts and full articles published in local publications. You can also follow Foley on Twitter. His Twitter address is twitter.com at Foley Beach. If you have any comments or questions about the program, you can contact Dr. Beach by email at Foley Beach at a word from the Again, his email is Foley Beach at a word You can contact us by mail. Our mailing address is PO Box 636, Monroe, Georgia 30655. Our mailing address again is PO Box 636, Monroe, Georgia 30655. Whether you send us an email or write to us, we'd love to hear from you. A Word from the Lord is made possible by God's grace through the continued prayers and loving financial support from you. We thank you for this opportunity to spread the hope of the gospel of Christ through this ministry. Join us again next time for the next broadcast of A Word from the Lord. For Dr. Beach and everyone here at A Word from the Lord, it is our prayer that you would be seeking A Word from the Lord.